Hello and welcome to Wednesday, March 24th, Evening Bible Study Podcast. Let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In this study, we're going to be taking a look at the parable of the Good Samaritan, as found in the book of Luke. Testimony to this encounter may also be found in the book of Matthew, as well as the book of Mark. Testimony as well as claims are two new terms I've started using to describe the four Gospels. I was introduced to these terms by Tim Mackey with Bible Project. When you think about it, it does make sense that the four Gospels were written by men sharing their eyewitness testimony regarding Jesus' ministry, his death, and his resurrection. Let me try and set the stage of where, when, and who for this story. Jesus would have been on the well-traveled road heading south from Capernaum towards Jerusalem. Some commentators like to refer to this as the travel narrative because this is right about the time that Jesus knew he was going to be sent up to heaven and so he had resolutely set out to travel to Jerusalem. He had also sent messengers ahead to get things ready for him, but they met with some unwelcome resistance in a Samaritan village. James and John were with Jesus when they learned of this, and they asked Jesus if he would like for them to call down fire upon the village to destroy it. Jesus rebuked them, because they still had that warrior mentality in solving any type of conflict. Jesus never missed a chance to hammer home the upside-down kingdom living that he was bringing to earth. Not long before this was a side trip that Jesus took with Peter, John, and James that we know as the Transfiguration. And not long after that is when Jesus sent 72 additional disciples to prepare the way for him while he was heading to Jerusalem. This is when he made the statement that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Perhaps Jesus' questioner in this parable, who happened to be an expert in the law, could have possibly been present when Jesus sent the 72. Just another bit of geographical information before we dive into our reading. Jericho and Jerusalem are approximately 10 miles apart, with Jericho being east of Jerusalem, closer to the Jordan River Valley. Both towns are slightly west-northwest of the upper end of the Dead Sea. If you would like to follow along with me in this reading, I will be reading from the NIV version of the book of Luke, chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. Here is the reading from Luke. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind 
and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. When he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Let's try and unpack this just a little bit, and maybe we can look at this story through the lens of a first century Jew, a first century person, and also how would we look at it in our Western culture today? The expert in law that questioned Jesus would have been a scribe or a lawyer that was well-versed in the Jewish Bible called the Torah. He would have also been well-versed in all of the Levitical laws surrounding what made you clean and unclean. You have to like the fact that Jesus answered this gentleman's question with a question. This is evidence of one more guy, along with the Pharisees, beginning to test and try and trick Jesus by asking questions they thought they knew all the answers to. Little did they know that Jesus would expose their sin as well as convict them with his parables. Let's drill down on some of these bullet points of this story. We know there was a man going from Jerusalem to Jericho. We know he was attacked by robbers. We also know that he was stripped and beaten half to death. What do we think of as Westerners today? There was a man on the road. He was probably driving. He was attacked by robbers. Sounds like a carjacking. We know he was stripped and beaten half to death. My goodness, that sounds like some sort of mob hit. You might wonder why Jesus said that the guy was stripped and beaten half to death. In the first century, you could tell someone's social status by the way they dressed. So discerning the victim's social status would have been very difficult. The fact that the victim was naked would have exposed the fact that he was a Jew. We know that a priest came by and saw him. 
what would we think of in our Western world if a preacher or a rabbi saw someone in need today? They would probably stop. Especially the priest could have been coming from the temple where he had just been preaching and teaching about love and caring for your fellow person. And we know a Levite came by and saw him and did not stop. He went the other side of the road. He knew the laws. He knew how long it would take him to become clean if he touched a man that appeared to be dead. We also know a Samaritan came by and took pity on him. Remember, we know now that the victim was a Jew, and Jews and Samaritans, to put it mildly, did not like one another. We know that the Samaritan bandaged the victim's wounds and then poured on oil and wine. What would we have done in today's world? How would we have helped? Well, to the audience and to the expert in law, this would have suggested that he may have been a traitor, which was a despised occupation. The fact that he possessed oil and wine and considerable funds that we will find out about pointed to that fact. Many traders were wealthy, having grown rich at the expense of others. They were quite often considered thieves themselves. We know the Samaritan put this victim on his own donkey. This was one more act of kindness that Jesus wanted to make this expert law aware of. We know the Samaritan took him to an inn. What would we have done? Today we may think that if we were the good Samaritan, we would have any number of places to drop the victim off of an emergency room or heck, we would have probably just dialed 911. Only people without family or social connections would ever risk staying at a public inn in the first century. The expert in law would now understand that both the victim and the Samaritan were despised persons who would not have elicited any initial sympathy from Jesus's audience. That sympathy would have gone to the original bandits. What else do we know? We know the innkeeper was given two denarii. Have you ever wondered just how much money a denarii was? It doesn't sound like much, does it? In actuality, the Samaritan paid for two months care in advance and then proceeded to tell the innkeeper that when he came back to let him know if he owed him any more. This let the expert in law and the others in Jesus's audience know that the Samaritan was not stingy because if that had been the case, it would have spoiled Jesus's parable. We also know the Samaritan asked the innkeeper to take care of the victim and look after him. This really begs the question, what more could the Samaritan have done? The Samaritan in this story was really depicted 
as being perfect in his behavior towards a person in need. And this wraps up yet another example of Jesus's upside-down kingdom. When Jesus asked the expert in law who he thought was a neighbor to the victim, and he replied, the one who had mercy on him, Jesus told him to go and do likewise. I know we've all said it at one time or another, but when you say, I just want to mind my own business and keep my hands clean, we are not doing kingdom work. Every now and then, we got to get our hands dirty, and heaven forbid, even give up a little bit of our wealth to help someone else. God showed the mercy he has for us through his son, Jesus Christ, and our kingdom work is to show mercy to our neighbors, regardless what they might look like or who they are or their social status. Now, during this time of uncertainty, there's understandably a lot of our neighbors that are suffering from fear and anxiety. Let us be ever mindful of their needs and help us to do something about it. I would like to leave you with this blessing from Numbers. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Goodbye, and I truly hope to see you all soon.